It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your host, Steve Politi, and Rutgers insiders, Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. Hello, everyone. Steve Politi. Welcome back to the Rant. Joined with by Cratch and Sarge, as always, guys, I got to tell you, it feels like the defibrillator has been put, the paddles of life have been put on the season after the 20 to 14 win over Illinois. Uh, I don't know what we'd be talking about if they didn't win the game. I don't, if you guys asked Greg Schiano about it out there and he didn't want to contemplate what might have happened to the season had they lost that game. Uh, but not only winning, I mean, just winning in dramatic fashion, winning with a good defensive effort, a really good defensive effort against a team that ran all over them a couple of years ago. And of course, the pass. The debut, Gavin Wimsat, fan of the podcast, <laughs> finally making his collegiate debut in about as ridiculous a way as possible. All right, you guys have had a couple of days to think about. It. I'm just going to throw it to you. Crack, uh, you go first. I mean, you know, you're looking back on this game now. What's what's the thing that jumps out at you? Gavin Wimsat's the thing that Gavin jumps Wimsat. out at me. Yep. You know, I wasn't surprised per se that he finally played because I didn't think that there's been enough, you know, you know, word out in the ether and everything. And you kind of figured like, right, we're now we're in the window where if they're going to play him, they're, they're going to have to play him pretty soon. But to put him out there, fourth and five, 33, game on the line, season on the line, and for him to calmly take the snap, sidestep the rush, biggest system was Isaiah Pacheco in pass protection, and throw a bullet across the middle. You know, cross his body to Bo Melton, 13-yard gain, first down. Just a huge moment. I know it wasn't the most complicated pass in the world, but let's be real. How many Rutgers quarterbacks have we seen in the last year, few years that can make that throw? Not many. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, uh, not just a good throw, a great throw. And, and let's face it, 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 it shows something about the, the metal inside the kid. I mean, you could wilt in that moment too, Sarge. I mean, he, he's facing the pass rush. If he gets rattled, if he drops the ball, if he, if he gets sacked, then, the, you know, the game's over. They lose. It's, it's really a, a fascinating situation they threw him into. It says a lot of what, what Greg Schiano thinks about him, not just as a passer, uh, but as a competitor. And he rose to the occasion. Yeah, and I asked Greg Schiano afterward, like, and he talked about because I specifically I pressed him on, I like, was this the plan all along? Were, were you planning on playing him? And he said, yeah, the, basically there was a plan, but I, you know, I had to call foul on him because there's no way, no way. in the world that the, the situation called for that situation, fourth and five at the 33. 
uh, you know, last play of the third quarter, to, to call on him to make that play. That only happens because Cole Snyder had played earlier, wasn't, you know, I mean, he did lead on, on a touchdown drive, but, you know, I guess the confidence level was, you know, who who could get that first down, pivotal first down. If you don't get it, you probably lose the game. Who has a better chance of, of getting it? And they, they, they banked on Gavin Wimsat. A, a, a one play that yeah, a lot of fans might not have noticed from that play, but Isaiah Pacheco made an amazing block to actually – allow Wimsat to float and, and move up into the pocket, bought him more time. That went unnoticed. Um, and then I, I yes, what else? Uh, you know, you know, Noah Bedrill. I mean, you know, the, the, yeah, the actual starting quarterback on this team, you know, <laughs> it, it was amazing that once he saw Gavin Wimsat uh, play, he was like, oh, you know what? I'm okay. He makes one of the defining plays of the, of the season. We're going to look back on like the, the uh, defining plays, him, you know, uh, running in from 15 yards, diving it, you know, epitomized what Noah Bedrill is all about, the toughness. This is a good question. I, I, I don't know if you've addressed this. I apologize. I had to fly to Kansas City with the Giants to, to watch that debacle last night. Uh, if Vedral could not come back into the game for the next play, was it Gavin Wimshad taking that snap? Is that your belief, or does he go back to Cole Snyder because it's no longer a situational uh, deal? That's a great question. I don't have a great answer. I, I tend to think maybe Gavin. Yeah. Just because I think at that point, yeah, you might. I mean, if you want them there, you might as well. Because, you know, Cole Snyder, I thought, did a good job managing the the drive, the first drive he came in when they scored a touchdown. But he didn't play terribly well after that. And I think if you're going to Gavin over Evan Simon in that spot, you clearly want Gavin more than Simon at that point. So, yeah, I, I do think he would have stayed in. I also – part of me wonders if – and I find it hard to believe in the heat of the moment, they kind of had the wherewithal to be like, okay, we're going to run this one play – and then we're going to run the clock down, and then Noah's going to be able to come back in when the fourth quarter begins. Right, right. Just an ama- amazing situation. And, and let's let's go to Vedral one more time here because I know he's been a lightning rod uh, uh, for much of the fan base. If you don't appreciate what that – he's not kidding me – what that guy did for this program, the toughness he showed, the hit he took to come back in the game – twice after monster hits you know and he throws his body around he's not he's not a big dude you know he's not he's not johnny langan who you like who gives more who gives more contact from every hit than he receives uh you know for him to do that in that situation to win this game it says a lot about him he's an, he's a leader of this program and i think you know no matter what happens with wimps that sarge you're gonna look back on that guy and you're gonna say all right you know he he was a difference maker in this program yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of tough quarterbacks, you know, for Rutgers through the years. I'm, you know, Ryan Cubitt in 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 2001, Art Sikowski in 2018 as as true freshman, what they had to go through. Gary Nova, you know, took a lot of lumps. You know, Mike Teal, Ryan Hart. You know, you, there's been a lot, but I don't know if you can name one who's uh, who's tougher or grittier. And you know, this wasn't just this game, but you know, last year against Michigan, there's there's been a lot of games like this where, uh, you know, we we've talked about his limitations. We talked about you know his you know, struggles to, to, to stretch the field. Um, that, that still exists. And, and, you know, for all the goodwill that he gets, I have no doubt to Rutgers fans by uh, 340, if, if they go three and out against Wisconsin are, are, are going right. to be calling for uh, a quarterback change. 
<laughs> I was going to joke. I was going to joke. All that, all those nice things said, Wimps had got to start against the Badgers, right, Crash? I'm kidding. Of course not. Uh, but this is what they had to do. I mean, this was it. We, you know, when I wrote that, you know, it's time to start the transition to him. I'm not saying you, you, Gavin Wimps has to make, take every snap, but he's got to play. Um, and Crash, you wrote about this. And it's interesting. I want to get to it right away because it's, it's, it's a really big question now. Uh, with five games left, uh, six if, if if they make a bowl game. Four, four what, and five. Four and I'm five. sorry, four and five. I apologize. Four and five. What do they do? He's played one. He's got three left for the red shirt. What do you think? Greg Shannon says he knows what he's going to do there. What do you think he's going to do there? I think they're going to red shirt him. Just because I've racked my brain, thought about this 16 different ways. And I just think that redshirting him makes the most sense. Because, look, if Gavin Wimsett is the quarterback everyone hopes and believes he's going to be, He's probably not going to be here five years. He's going to go to the NFL, and that's fine. But this is the one moment in time where you can redshirt the kid and at least allow yourselves to have the possibility if he wants to stay here for five years. So why take that off the table, especially if Vegeta is healthy and is your starter? They have four games to go. It's kind of, but then again, it's difficult. Like I feel like Greg the the showman Greg the salesman realizes he has to put Wimsett on the field on Saturday. Like the fans are coming to see Gavin Wimsett. Like they have the the seal has been broken. Wimsett has played. They want to see him now. So I feel like he's got to play against Wisconsin. Then as we talked about, I think in the last podcast, the whole town of Owensboro, Kentucky is going to be in Bloomington, Indiana when they go to play the Hoosiers in two weeks. So the kid's probably going to want to play there in front of all his friends and family and, and neighbors. Penn State, you would say, okay, we'll leave him out for Penn State. But Penn State's suddenly vulnerable. As we'll talk about later, that might be the biggest opportunity left on the table for Rutgers to do something special that could transcend, you know, wins and losses. And then obviously you have the home finale against Maryland. So you're going to have to make a decision whether you're going to redshirt him or you're not, you don't care about that. I think we're going to learn a lot from the Wisconsin game. If he plays and plays a lot and early against Wisconsin, I'm trying to think, okay, maybe they don't care about the red shirt. If they don't play him against Wisconsin and they let it be dictated by the need, as it seems it was against Illinois, I'm going to start to think that they're planning to redshirt him and they're just waiting until they're clear of having the handcuffs taken off. Yeah. I mean, and I, I didn't think the red shirt mattered a hoot early on. But now you've come this far and you're, you know, I mean, I get it. The kid's not thinking about 2025, but it is only trying to find a way to get, keep them out of one game, assuming they don't make the ball, make the ball game. Well then, you know, all, all bets are off. You should forget about it and play them uh, any way you can to, to, to get that win. But it's fascinating to have the conversation, Sarge. I mean, I can't think of anything that would have generated more interest for, for this program than to having him in there for a game, uh, you know, you could sense the fan base was getting a little stale there. We were getting a little stale there. You know, now at least there's, there's, some, there's some meat on the bone here. And just to go, anyone wants to go back to last week's episode, I mean, there was one person, you know, in this group who predicted that Gavin Wimsett was going to play in the Illinois game. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to mention any names. It might be the same person who's tied with Steve Politti for in, in our staff picks. Uh-huh. But, I, I again, not mentioning any names on, on who was the one who predicted okay. that he was going to play. But, um Look, I mean, it, it, it not only is the Wimsat storyline, you know, giving some juice, but just the fact that they won. This is the first time they go into November, you know, at, you know, at four and four with an opportunity to to, to win, win a bowl game or go, go to a bowl game. It's first time since uh, 2014. So, you know, it just feels like there's a little bit more juice going going into the Wisconsin game. 
great transition. Let's talk about bowls because Cratch, of course, the day after the game breaks out. I don't know if he was writing it on the way back to Kankakee, Illinois, in the car. I just pictured the two of you cruising down I something or other in the just the, the worst place in the world in Illinois and Cratch banging out the guaranteed rape bowl predictions, looking at travel to Las Vegas. This is what I was, this is what I was picturing while I was sitting uh, comfortably on my couch preparing for, for a lovely Halloween at home. Uh, not, not that there's anything wrong with that road trip. I'm sure you guys had a great time um, in Champaign. It's such a wonderful place to visit. Um, Cratch, bowl game. I mean, what, what, what do you think? What is, what's realistic? What, uh, what, what, is your, what is your study showed here? Um, I think that the Big Ten's going to ha- definitely have eight teams go to a bowl game. I think Rutgers and Maryland at this point, if I had to make a, a call, I would say the winner of the season finale is number nine. I think Northwestern has an outside shot to make it ten. If they can, su- Well, here's the thing. They're three and five. Their last two games were home against Purdue at Illinois. I tend to think Pat Fitzgerald's coach team can win those two games. That'll give them five. You got to upset Iowa. You got to upset Wisconsin. Don't necessarily think either of those things are going to happen, but you can't really bet against Northwestern, especially when they get Iowa at home, and Iowa seems to be on the decline a little bit. Um, you know, look, I, I think that it's probably going to come down to if they were to go six and six and get to a bowl game, it's probably going to come down to, you know, quick lane bowl or pinstripe bowl. I think that's what it probably looks like. You know, the one interesting thing they have got going for them is that if the Big Ten puts three teams in the New Year's six, which I think would probably look something like uh, Ohio State in the playoff, Michigan State in the Rose Bowl, maybe Michigan, you know, like a 10 and two Michigan team. It could, you know, uh, the ten and two Iowa team if they went out, ten and three Iowa team could potentially be in a top ten, go to one of those near six bowls. Then everyone bumps up a spot, and then maybe Rutgers can kind of be in the guaranteed rate bowl picture, or even the Music City Bowl picture. Um, can they get to a bowl game? Certainly. I don't think it's easier or guarantee. I think Wisconsin's going to be a tough matchup on Saturday. Obviously, Penn State's going to be tough. You know, Indiana. They're struggling, but at the same time, you have to think at some point Indiana is going to step up and, you know, do something. And in Maryland, the season finale game, I'm pretty confident Rutgers wins no matter what. I just don't know if they'll already have seven losses when they get there. Sorry, he said a lot of words there. He did not say the words Las Vegas Bowl, which is very different. Yeah, I, I, when he said, I, I tuned out. I was so listening. I, exactly. I, 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 waiting. I, I just heard like the, the teacher in Detroit. In, yeah, like, I, I heard, heard nothing else drive. after you mentioned Detroit. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't hear Las Vegas. It's just a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, let's dive into uh, let's dive this into or fall, shall we? Why not? Uh, you guys know the rules here. We've covered some of this already. We'll cover some of it at the end. Um, true or false? Gavin Wimsat will redshirt this year. Sarge, what's your opinion on this one? We've heard Cratch. True or false? True. 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 Uh, yeah, I think they'll find a way to get him redshirt as well. Um, true or false? He should redshirt this year. Cratch. True or false? True. Sarge. True. It's kind of hard at this point not to feel that way, so we'll go that way. Uh, true or false, Rutgers has found an offensive line combination that it will take through the rest of the season. Cratch, do we fix the line problem? I think true. true. Uh, pending injury, true. Sarge? I mean, they still uh, rotated at the, at the left guard spot, so I don't know if you know, you're talking about combination. They don't have a, 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 st- a starting five. But uh, I think they, they, they know what they want to be. 
Okay, so false. I'll go false as well. They, they seem to, there's, there's just been too much uncertainty. I think they figured it out finally. All right, true or false, Johnny Langan will have a shot as an NFL tight end. Cratch, true or false? True. Sarge? NFL player, not tight end. Um, I mean, you've got to play tight end, H-back, that type of, type of thing. Right. But he had a shot at the NFL for sure. He's a football right. player. Right. Yeah. I mean, that catch was just something. That catch was amazing. We haven't talked about it yet, but I mean, that, that was the season saving catch as well. All right. True or false? A bowl game would be great, but beating Penn State and going five and seven would be better. Cratch, true or false? True. Sarge, true or false? Oh, man. False. I'm, yeah. I'm going false too for, on this one for a change because it seems like Penn State's lost everybody at this point. All right. Uh, true or false, the fans will heed Greg Schiano's calls and fill the stadium early for the Wisconsin game. Cratch? True or false? That's a big false. <laughs> Sarge? Yeah, I, uh, I agree with my colleague uh, on that one. Oh, my God. False. I was on the website today. There are good tickets available. Uh, it's crazy. All right. Uh, true or false? This is Rutgers' best shot to upset a Big Ten blue blood in years. Years, Cratch. True or false? True. Sarge? True. True? Wow. Uh, I'm going to go false. I mean, that defense looks pretty good. Uh, and finally, true or false, there's no place in the Big Ten that I'd rather visit than Champaign, Illinois. Cratch, true or false? False. I mean, it's a false, and, you know, you throw that going again, I'm, I'm leaving the podcast. Give me a, ta- give me a taste. Just give me a, ta- give me a road trip taste here. Give me something it's just, about that. It's, it's, okay, where are right, you so staying? Bourbonese? Right. Mayonnaise? Illinois? Where are you staying? Go ahead, Crash. Bourbonnet, I think. Bourbonnet. Tanky King. Tanky King. Tanky King. We get the rental car. Newark Air, like, uh, O'Hare rental car situation. Very hectic. Uh, did Hey, by the way, Steve. Avis preferred now. We walked right to the car. Well, good. Of course, witness. yeah. I don't believe it. I wasn't there to see it, but okay. Sure, great. Okay. So we did that. We drive down there, rainy traffic. There's a Cracker Barrel right across the street from our hotel. And Sarge is like, you want to go to Cracker Barrel? And I'm like, yeah. Like, I haven't been to a Cracker Barrel literally uh, in 11 years. I went to a – like, my one only trip to the Cracker Barrel was in Lexington, Kentucky – Two days after my twenty-first birthday, uh, there was a bride, hours there was a after South group Carolina photos in a Cracker Barrel. Yeah. yeah, hours after you know what? South Carolina blew an eighteen-point halftime lead to Kentucky, lost yep. the game. There was a, there was a, a deer head on, on on the wall, shotgun, and was there a wedding yeah. reception at the Cracker Barrel, or was it just like they stopped there on the way to the church? Photos that they want to so, you know last right. forever underneath the the deer head and the yeah. okay. so it's it's funny. We walk in and I kind of noticed the party and they were all dressed very nicely. And I like, you know, it sort of reminded me of like, I grew up in Long Valley next town or Chester, the Cooper grist mill, like the people who work at the mill who dress up like it's, you know, the 1700s. I thought they were like that, like, you know, reenactors like on a lunch break or something. <laughs> no, it was, it, it was, no, a, it was wedding. a wedding. But they arrive in a stagecoach. I mean, no, they did not. They so anyway, in, long story uh, short. Monday Excel, I think. <laughs> Cracker Barrel was great for breakfast. Don't go to lunch at the Cracker Barrel. Just don't do it. You can get the uh, you know biscuits and grapes, chicken and biscuits. That's what I got. I got the chicken good. and biscuits. That's, right. That's yeah. what I got. It was not was, was not good. It was yeah. cold. Not, not good. Okay. Uh, dinner was pretty good at some place. I forget the name of it. That was pretty good. 
right? Sorry. Like no, sorry. Yeah, it was, the, the, but the reason why we did it is because Chicago to, to Champagne is 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 terrible. A good two and a half hours, you know, and and you had to cut down that trip on on Sunday morning. They play the kickoff was at eleven a.m. And the stadium looks just awful. The atmosphere yeah, there. Just, Everyone. Every time they do these lists, like ranking the worst Power Five programs, I don't know how Illinois gets. People don't think that's the worst job in the Rutgers. I, I mean, I just don't. This looks like a, just a miserable. Well, their facility, their their football facility is really nice, and it is. Um, Statue of football stadium, statue of Dick renovated. Yeah, and 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 it's really nice. The whole layout, how you know, I think is kind of what Graciano would envision what what he'd like to do because it's really everything is right there. Uh, so if you're talking about sheer facilities, I mean, they're you know they they got that. So right. all right, we don't have to cover a lot more of these true or falses. Uh, the offensive line, I mean, it, it, whether or not they found the combination, it was it, they they played a, a hell of a game. Both tackles, I thought, uh, watching the game on 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 TV, were excellent. Uh, you know, we should mention that because that was a major question. And then I think there was finally when you saw that they had time to function as an offense, they ran the ball well. You saw big games from you know, Pacheco, uh, from our, 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 our tiny, tiny, micro, tiny Ray Rice. Can we call him that? Manangai. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was just a really good effort once the once line was playing well. Um, so, Cratch, why do you think five and seven and beating Penn State's better than than in this year? I get it that getting that getting off the schneid and beating them is a big deal, but they're not they're not really good. I just think from a recruiting standpoint, I do think there's a lot more value in we beat Penn State than we went to the Quick Lane Bowl and we beat Ball State. You, you I know, just yeah, Graciano is never going to substitute those fifteen those practices. fifteen practices. You're absolutely right, Larry. I get, get that. To, you get to launch out. No, whether you win or lose, you get to go right into. Uh, you know, the, the the two signing periods are in December, so you'll be able to to um, <clears throat> the ball. You know, all that time to to, to no. To, that's um, the biggest counterpoint to my argument. Is wants to go to a bowl game for recruiting. All right. Uh, anything else we want to go? Oh, the fans getting the statement time. I just, I, I just feel, and you can. This is like the first time I really remember, at least in this, in this go around. Of course, in this go around, uh, that Greg Shannon really just pleading with the fans to get there. Uh, uh, you know, asking for patience. I mean, it's just interesting. What do you, what do you think of that as a, as a Shiannoologist, Sarge? What do you think of this strategy from Greg to start talking to the fans directly? I mean, I think uh, knowing him pretty well, I think anything that he like the message that he try, he speaks to the fans and he speaks to the team in a lot of instances through the media. So, um, and which is interesting, right? I mean, a lot of coaches, you know, uh, you know, probably a lot more coaches do it than they would admit, but Greciano does it uh, with, with more than I, I've ever probably uh, any any coach I've ever dealt with. As he, he I think he's basically trying to implore them that, you know, they need that 12th man advantage and, and, you know, keep in mind, like he was at Ohio state for a couple of years. Like he, he, you know, he's seen big 10 football now on the road. He sees how it operates where fans get there early and they make a huge difference at the start of the game. So I think, you know, at, at this point, he, you know, he knows that they can make a big difference in a, you know, in a game that could really define the season. All right. Good job, fellas. Let's dive into our Rutgers Insider questions. Thanks for everyone for subscribing. Uh, it uh, got grim in there for a while, but it was fun after this game, reading the comments and ask for questions as always. And I think 80% of them were about Gavin Wimsat. So I did my best to sort through uh, some of the questions I haven't heard about Gavin Wimsat. But this, this was the tone of it, guys. Uh, John from Edison. Here, uh, this is John from Edison. Here's my question in all caps. Uh, why in God's name did we take Gavin out after you converted the fourth down? He looked better than any quarterback 
back there in a decade. Uh, that's kind of the the vibe. I think we know why I took him in because because he's just you know I, I, that this is this is still Noah Vedral's team, plain and simple. Exactly. This is Noah Vedral's team until it's not, and that wasn't the moment to not make it his team. I got, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Cratch brought out the football. Uh, like whenever he brings out the football for these podcasts, man, there it is. Bring, you know, I know this is an audio podcast, so we're losing uh, people right now. But yeah, I have to like paint the picture of Cratch. Once he brings out the football, I'm like, you know, I, I know we we're in for some serious football talk. He's gonna shovel past that to you during the, one of these things. Uh, all right, what else do we got here? I'll ask, try to ask something different on the Wimsat front. Assuming he's the real deal, he doesn't stay for four or five years. How does this season affect his NFL draft eligibility? I love it. How does it affect his NFL draft? This is something I would never have thought about it. Uh, I wouldn't think it would count as one of the three of the three years since he hasn't compl- he hasn't been completely removed from high school. Cratch, I have not considered this for a moment. I have actually been thinking about that. And I <laughs> was right, saying to myself, I think I'm about to drop Brian McCarthy an email. It's been a while since I corresponded with him and asked him to give me the information. So the rule is to be eligible for the NFL draft, you have to be three years removed from your high school graduation. So uh, let's just walk through this. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. If a traditional quarterback graduates in June of 2021, and he's you know he's a star for you know, Johnny Manziel's you know his true freshman sensation 2021 season, 2022 season, and then 2023, 2024, I guess he would be eligible. I have to think he would be eligible after three years in high school. Um, Obviously, Gavin graduated from high school in September of 2021, so that would mean two, three, four. September 2024, he would, I guess, be eligible for the draft, which would mean the 2025 draft. That being said, if you have your degree, I think it's very easy to get it. Like, the NFL lets you in if you have your college degree. And given that he's been here since September – I have to think that even if he's not at exactly three years, if he wanted to enter the 2024 draft, I think that's what it would be. If he has his degree finished, I think he would have no issue getting in. Wow. Can we do a mock draft to, you know, for, you know, for, for a mock draft for 2024? With the state of our NFL teams, I'm sure someone's going to whip that up right now. I mean, really, I could, don't suggest it. Rosenstein, if you're listening, we do not want to do a 2024 mock draft. Um, yeah, no, that, that's that's interesting. I mean, it's kind of fascinating that it could. It could there's no age limit for the, so there's there's no age limit for the NFL. No, it's not like the NBA where it's like, got to be right. 19. I think it's a yes. You, you have to be three years removed from your high school graduation. Gotcha. Okay. Fascinating. All right, let's see what other questions we have. Uh, hi, Politi. We have had a few games where we got a penalty for an illegal formation on wild offense. Wouldn't those be on Gleason's? They should not be occurring unless perhaps we are trying to get fancy in the play calling. He's testing waters what he can get away with. Thanks much, Diane. Uh, either one of you guys want to dive into the, the penalty situation with, uh, with Sean Gleason and the, and the uh, offense? I think you're, it's – Diane's right. It's not acceptable, but I think it's just in some ways the cost of doing business when you run this sort of frenetic, hurry up, spread attack. You know, you're going to, it's not a situation where guys are completely in the wrong place. It's a situation where, you know, 
a guy is supposed to be on the line of scrimmage. He's in, you know, he's not, he's off. So, you know, that, that sort of thing that happens. Most of their penalties, when they seem to have an illegal formation issue, they tend to have five guys in the backfield. Okay. Uh, diving. This is a, this is a good point here. CP from Califon wants to know why did Shiano commit to Ambrosio so quickly last year? He had Justin Davidovich on the roster and was very reliable from 40 to 45 to 50 and had an extra year, at least of availability of availability. Um, all right. The kicking situation. Now I know that, you know, we Ambrosio struggled. I, I do not in any way blame that missed field goal on him. That was Greg Shiano's poor decision. To it, was a bad, it was a bad decision. It was one of those, if they lose that Illinois game, you know, that you're looking back, like the head-scratching ones. But I cannot, like, w- that wind was in their face at, like, a ridiculous, uh, uh, you know, amount. And you're putting a kid, a 46-yarder, you know, in a position to fail. They, that had no chance. That had, like, a 2% chance to, 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 to go. Did they go too soon, Cratch, on, on Ambrosio? I mean, or is it you – know, he's certainly got the leg. He's, he's talented. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, basically what happened last year was Guy Fava beat him, Ambrosio, and Davidovitz out in the preseason. And Ambrosio kind of came on strong once the season started, overtook him. You know, we, I've written this. Ambrosio's a guy who I think for a lot of Rutgers fans kind of came out of nowhere, but he was an all-state kicker in high school at Cranford, like, People in the New Jersey high school football community knew who he was and knew the talent he had. It was just a matter of him, you know, deciding to go full-time football and move away from soccer. I do think in hindsight, the mistake was not so much like, don't worry about 2020. You know, Davidovitz moved on. You know, he got the big, big 10, you know, post-grad scholarship. I think the mistake may have been that they just anointed Ambrosio the kicker. They didn't really even feign a competition with Fava or with Eric Bernstein, the guy they brought in uh, from Towson, uh, you know, as a transfer. So I think that's the one mistake. They probably should have made him – and, you know, from what we saw, it didn't seem like there was any real pressure stakes in practice competition to win the job. Uh, that being said, he had two big kicks. I mean, his kicks were the margin of, of victory on Saturday. And you're right, the 46-yard field goal was a really bad decision. Puzzling decision made no sense. I really can't hold that against him. But, you know, he, he was better this week. But I still think until he really gets into a groove, it's going to be a concern when he's got a moderate distance field goal in a big spot. All right, let's stick with special teams. Uh, Rutgers kick, kick returning and punt returning has been absolutely brutal since Aaron Krushank went down. There has to be somebody better than Avery Young and Jesse Parson. Who do you think should take over? Alex from Marlboro, thanks for the question. It's really, it's, it's amazing like how you can go from having such a strength on your team. Do you think in that kid that Krushank's going to break every time he touches the ball to – absolute disaster it was against them. I mean, running sideways. I mean, you're worried they're going to drop every kick that came back to them. Is, is there a solution on the roster, guys? Probably. You know, I mean, Bo, Bo Melton, if he was healthy, but they're not, I don't think they're going to want to put Bo back there to you know compromise. You know, he's too valuable on offense, you know, and, and considering he's already had the shoulder injury. Um you know, Josh Youngblood is a guy who everyone wants to know about. There's a reason why. I mean, you know, he has been injured, but you know, there's a reason why he hasn't, you know, done it yet. So, what's the reason? <laughs> you just don't want to be too critical over something. But I mean, I, I kind of tend to, to think that it, you know the coaches aren't. Uh, they're going to put him out there. I mean, this past past week was a perfect example. He was out there, but he wasn't. 
you know, in the position where he was actually going to field the 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 the, the uh, kickoff. So you know, he was basically a decoy, you know, as the up guy. Um, yeah, I, I I think ultimately maybe he's the guy that you know you, you throw him out there, and maybe try to catch lightning in the bottle. But you know, I, at this point, um, I think it's kind of what 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 we see on game day. All right. Uh, one last question here. It's a good one that we <laughs> the player we have not mentioned yet. That's kind of uh, terrible. We haven't uh, two parter. What does Greg Shiano write down on his clipboard during the course of the game? And also, did anyone note that Shiano singled out Kess Abraham during the last defensive timeout? Wonder if Greg Shiano had an idea that the play was coming. I think uh, he, I think yeah. he said, "Where's Politi? You know, why is Politi not in Champaign, Illinois? You know, I thought he was part of the lips there? team yeah. that mm-hmm. you know, if he doesn't go to to Champaign, like he's not really part of their team. So I think that's he what say, he was, he was yeah, saying that to a junior defensive back during the during the middle of the game. He did. Cool. He noticed. Okay. I think it was abundantly clear that he noticed that. Yeah, good to know. Good to know. I'm glad to hear that. Sorry. Thanks. Crash, you have a real answer for the question? What was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> did, did you notice that Gianna was talking to Kes Abraham? Did, did not and, notice. Yeah. I would guess they probably had a hunch that they were going to do right. that. Um, big fan of the back. podcast points out that's like that's the old Ray Rice play, by the way. They, they, Ray Rice used to gain a thousand, like a thousand yards a season on that play. Hey, alone. you know what? It was like it's a good call because if Kes Abraham doesn't make that tremendous tackle in space, it's a first down. It's a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, the whole – it was one-on-one because you had 10 guys on both sides on the other side of the field. And it was both a fantastic play. tackle. Rutgers made a play. And here's the thing, too. They got everything they wanted. You know, that's – sometimes you make a play call and you get every, you get exactly what you want. You want a foot race, and Kess Abraham was disciplined and, and broke down his body, read his belt buckle, made the play. He just had a fantastic game. He's good in coverage. He had two big plays on the third down. I mean, if you're building, if you're looking at like, all right, who are the key players on that roster in 2022? I think he, you, he is in your top 10 names easily. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for the questions from Rutgers Insider. I, we appreciate it. As always, we couldn't do the show without you. Um, Wisconsin. Hey, let's do the Wisconsin preview. Uh, Wisconsin's looking like Wisconsin again. Uh, the best defense in the nation, according to Greg Schiano. And statistically, uh, why were they so bad early in the year, Cratch? And why are they so good now? They turn the ball over. I mean, they think of it this way. They're plus – I think they have nine takeaways during the four-game winning streak. I think they're only plus four in that stretch. Wow. Think about it. They have the number one defense in the country, and they're minus five in turnover margin. All of those picks and fumbles that Graham Mertz threw that cost them Notre Dame, that cost them Penn State, they turn the ball over a lot. They run the ball pretty well. Their pass offense is horrible. Uh, their overall offense is really struggling. But that defense is stingy. It's dominant. And I think this is going to be a low-scoring slugfest, which is a good thing for Rutgers because I think that's the type of game they can really be competitive in. I just don't know if they've got enough horsepower to get over the hump and actually win a game like this. All right, as Sarge hinted at, the prediction race essentially is coming down to me and him, since we were the only two to take the Scarlet Knights in Illinois. Uh, I'm going to let Kratz go first, because as usual, he has picked himself out of this competition. Have you won this? 
I no, think in 2018 I may have won. 2018. I mean, he's not a homer. Yeah, he's not a homer like uh, me and Politi. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, like, my, like, you guys last reputation. week were just like, yeah, we're going to pick Rutgers because, you know, like, <laughs> I actually, like, broke <laughs> it down, <laughs> examined things. Right. I will say this, though. Rutgers, look, did you hear that? I actually broke it down, examined things, and was wrong. That's what you're, yes. that's what you're trying to say here. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes examining things is not what, the way to go. The weathermen get to, weather people get to do it. Why can't I? I will say this. Um, if you go back to our keys to the game package, it posted, I think, Sunday, Saturday morning on NJ.com. I kind of nailed that. I talked about how important yeah. the red zone would be, run defense, Johnny Langan, all that stuff. Wow. Okay. okay. I think the line is 11. Uh, I'm going to go Wisconsin 17, Rutgers 12. Wow. Okay. Close game. I think it's a close game. It's a fist fight in a phone booth. You know, it's a type of game where I think Rutgers matches up well because, you know, Wisconsin is going to be a downhill run team, which, you know, got, like I think same thing as against Illinois. O three, 3 Tyshawn Fogg. You're not going sideline to sideline. You can be physical. I just think that over time <clears throat> I have some concerns about Rutgers' defensive line depth. You know, Julius Turner was dinged up. And I just think that that Wisconsin offensive line is going to accumulate body blows over the course of a 60-minute game. I do think, you know, Rutgers is going to struggle to score points. I think they will it's – it's a game It's uh, you know, it's maybe – the first team to two touchdowns is going to win the game, in my opinion. I think it's tight. Might see a safety, some trick plays. Big guy, of course, act, showcase performance as he continues his stor- storming towards the Ray Guy Award and All-America status. But I'll go Wisconsin 17, Rutgers 12. Close game goes right down to the end. I just think Wisconsin's a little bit too strong. Sarge? The 152nd anniversary of the first college football game. Not too many Rutgers uh, uh, football games through the years have been played actually on the anniversary. If you remember a couple of years ago when there was a 150th, they actually were off that weekend inexplicably. Um, so I want to say Rutgers will win six to four, but I'm not. That would be, you know, I, but I do think that it'll be close. I, I don't think Rutgers is going to win this game. I think, um, you know, the, is the battle of the trenches, I think both sides, that, yeah, I, I, I think Rutgers is going to struggle. Um, we talked about the, uh, the their own offensive line, and I, I don't think they're, they're, they're there yet. And then, I, yeah, I think, you know, from, from a, um, you know, defensive line, it's going to be tough to get penetration against, uh, you know, Wisconsin's big offensive line. So I think it'll be close. I think Rutgers will cover. So I'll, I'll say, um, yeah, you know what? What the heck? I'll go 16-14, Wisconsin. Wow, look yeah, at that. I see what you did there. Yeah, yep. that's nice. That's cute. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is a muscle memory pick for me too, folks. I just can't. Um, get over the memory of, of seeing these two teams in the field in the past where Wisconsin just looked, just looked so physically bigger. I'm sure that's still going to be the case. I get the problems offensively, uh, but they don't have to do much if they, if they completely shut down this, this defense. I mean, sorry, this Rutgers offense, I think it's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to just, just, just to make things interesting, Sarge, for our pick standpoint, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the, uh, uh, Badgers to cover, so then, so then we will have we will have a leader going into the final three games. I'm going to go like twenty to seven. You said a lot of lines eleven. Sorry, congrats. So twenty to seven. I believe so. Yep, eleven. Okay. Uh, you know, again, I don't think it's. I think it's going to be a close game to the end. I think it'll be competitive in the fourth quarter. I just think that uh, you're looking at uh, a, a Wisconsin defense that's going to be hard for that Rutgers offense to get any traction against. Uh, all right, there's our picks. Uh, 
what else, guys? This is a, this is forget football. This is a big weekend at Piscataway, isn't it, Crotch? We got some field hockey. We got some women's soccer. Women's we got a soccer, basketball season starting. Tournament. Up. We got field hockey, Big Ten tournament. Potentially have two Big Ten champions crowned on the campus. One on Bush, one on Livingston. You've got the wrestling opener with a quad meet Sunday at the rack. Uh, you know hoops. Up coming up soon men's soccer in the big 10 tournament a lot going on a lot going on could be a very big festive weekend on the banks is there one is there if you're a fan going on saturday is there one game you can sneak to i guess you don't know yet depends on what how the team does no there uh, i don't believe there are any games on saturday oh, that's okay, thing. are you brew fest makes its triumphant return Ooh, right and it's that's a 3.30 kickoff, so people can – although I think that that's like a time-adjusted thing. I don't think it's like extra extra drinking time is the 3.30 kickoff. <laughs> I think they, they, they control that pretty well. That, that's wise. Uh, but the women – so the field, the field hockey and soccer <clears throat> championship games, if Rutgers is in it, will be Sunday? Correct, Sunday. Correct. Okay. Well, then stay over, folks. Come on. Support, support, uh, support your other teams too, right? I can see Greg Shano talk. I love when he goes in there and talks about like he gives throws credit to Mike O'Neill and the women for winning. We could see that again at his next press conference. Uh, that's good stuff. All right, what else do we have to cover, guys? Anything? I think we're good. Sarge, got anything in final thoughts? No, I mean, I you know, I, again, not a visual a podcast, but Steve Politi, um, you know, wearing a, a doing his best grunge impersonation with the flannel <laughs> flannel shirt. It's November. But, I, I, yeah, well, I thought it was Eddie Vedder doing the podcast, hosting the podcast this week. But um, same, same Barrett, same, same voice, same wonderful locks pair. We've got a lot of common me and Eddie. All right. On that note, let's sign off. Thanks to Devco. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Rutgers Insider. Thanks to the the Bourbonese. How do you pronounce it again? Bourbonese. Nay. I kept my calling Bourbonese, it. Illinois Chamber Bourbonese. of Commerce. We apologize unreservedly to the folks at the, the Crack Barrel in Bourbonese, Illinois. You know what? In this day of age, you know, the, 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 that couple that 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 was grabbing their wedding photos, they're gonna somehow, some way, get a hold of this podcast, and they are going to, you know, be ticked off about send that. us a photo we will we will preacher and put it on our website <laughs> it was our most special day our most memorable day and you guys had to uh the goal to to, to to you know mock us this how dare you criticize the cracker barrel lunch the next <laughs> comment all right signing off thanks for listening thank you for listening to the Rutgers rant to participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the scarlet knights directly to your phone sign up at nj.com slash insider